Mom, I mom was very angry that I stole Shaq from the uh, the Burger King, and um, but I went around Wilmington. I went to like the Battleship with him. I went to like Huma Gray Park. I went to all yeah. these places and took all these pictures with Shaq. Like if anybody came to our house, I made them take a picture with Shaq. <laughs> Welcome to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Barnum. Joining me today, as always, Cookie. I'm here. And Big Mike. Hello, hello. At some point in the next few minutes, Tolbert has promised us that he will be joining us. He said, I'm going to be a little late. After at 3 o'clock yesterday, he said that he was going to be here at high noon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, we didn't get to do our annual 420 episode last week. I, I feel that that we owe him one in that department just to give him a mulligan, allow him to come in at, at his leisure. Um, boys, it, it was 420 this week. Cookie, how was 420 in Colorado? Uh, it was what you could imagine. There was nothing but smoke, green smoke. Everywhere you could smell it on the highways, you could smell it as you walked outside your apartment. You smell it inside your apartment because you were the one that was smoking as well. Oh, okay. Did, did we, I, I take it that you participated. You partook. I part. I partook a bit. I had some classwork to do, but after my classwork was done, that's what I did. Aaron, I smoked a couple of J's to myself and fell asleep on my couch. Do you think that like a place like, you know, North Carolina, where it is not legal to to partake uh, unless it is uh, THC free or THC a minimal amount, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's always a little scandalous to take part in the 420 celebrations. You know, I no longer do the uh, the THC because I, I have I've grown past that. Uh, it gives me panic attacks. And uh, I, I have a, a, a career where I am not allowed to do that. So mm-hmm. I have, for the last 10 years, I've stopped. Um, however, I always felt like it was a special day on 420. In a place where it's legal and, and almost encouraged, is it a different sort of thing? Is it more of a celebration, an outward celebration of the plant? Absolutely. It's an outward celebration to the point where you would have kids that could walk by you and be like, happy 420. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. It's that type like of Like children? <laughs> They're aware. They're, the awareness is up around Colorado. I will give them that. Um, but it is more of a celebration. It is not frowned upon. Unless, not- unless you're outsider. Some outsiders come in and they frown upon it. But mm-hmm. Speaking of being an outsider, Cookie, how's your week been? <laughs> The week has been, it's been all right, man. I uh, went to a birthday party last night, um, drank a lot of tequila, hung out on the party bus, danced around to some old songs, Aaron, that I'm sure that you would love as well. Give me give me a couple of them. What, what did oh, you dance to? Uh, get Low. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Three, get, six, had, nine. But of course. Damn, that girl is fine. <laughs> I wish she would just something to me one more time. Anyway, um... A little bit of that, a little bit of juvenile for the 9-9 and the 2000. 
I, I do love some juvenile. Yes. And some WAP. Remember the WAP, Aaron? Do the WAP. 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 I do. It's so, like there are so many classic bangers from the 90s and 2000s. Uh, you know, it has been a it, 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 it's been a great past 30 years of music, especially for for the club. For the club? For the culture. If the club put out a greatest hits album for the past decade or two decades. Yes. Whew. Ooh, we we got to have Hurricane Chris on it. Hey, baby. Hey, hey. You got to have, it. you got to have everybody in the club getting tipsy. That song was up there. That song was on there. Uh, Mike, do you have any uh, contributions to the, uh, the nineties and two thousands hip hop bangers? Um, all I know is that I enjoy them. Uh, I'm not a music person, but half the songs you just referenced were on the need for speed, hot pursuit video. game. <laughs> and so for Ooh. that reason alone, I'm well aware of them. Uh, and, and, you know, you can go for the nineties kind of West coast stuff. That would be the, uh, grand theft auto San Andreas, uh, soundtrack, anything still DRE, any of the, all of, all of it actually. Uh, yeah. so cookie, you, you got to party on the bus. What else? I got a party on the bus, Aaron, but one another reason for me to get out of Colorado. I'm starting. This should be just a small segment now of reasons why Cookie should get out of Colorado. Um, Aaron, last week I was driving on the highway and I was going to merge. There was someone on my ass who also wanted to merge. I merged first to show him what's what. He drove past me, rolled his window down and said, go back home. And then just sped off. Do you think there was racial connotations to that? Absolutely, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. I, I heard it. Uh, I heard some, <laughs> some other words after he zoomed off. So I was just like, I know what he was trying to say. He was, was he listening to, to country music? I don't country know music. what he was listening to. I don't know what it was, but I did see a, a funny sticker on the back of his car, Aaron. What was it? It was uh, it looked like some type of Confederate flag, Aaron. Does that give uh -huh. you any kind of connotations of what this uh Gentlemen could be partaking in. Yeah, I mean, you know, Colorado, yeah. a, a very, very integral part to the, the Confederate states in the uh, Civil War. Was he uh, was he cheering on Brandon on his? <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. And, it, and, and Mike also, uh, I, I think I need to know where he was on January 6th last year. Also, <laughs> Did he have horns and uh, like the 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 Viking helmet thing? It, it looked suspicious. I saw it in his back seat and I was like, I wonder what that is. You know, it's crazy. Like I, with, with that, let's go Brandon chant. I don't like him either. <laughs> like, I don't like Biden either. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not getting to me with you saying that. I'm like, no, yeah, I think he's it, terrible as well. To me, it's, it's just so damn juvenile. Just yeah, like, like be an adult. Say fuck Joe Biden. Like, that's yeah, not I'm sorry. Right. I, I don't on, think he's a good president either. Like, even though I have liberal outlook on life, like it's not affecting me at all that you don't like him. Yeah, he sucks. Sorry. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's our political discourse for today. Uh, Big Mike, how was your week? What, what did you do? Did you get to get, go do some Easter egg hunting? Yeah, so, you know, got to enjoy Easter with the uh, people that we would consider our family down here between all of our friends. Um, did an adult Easter egg hunt where we, you know, found mini bottles scattered around the backyard. That was fun. Um, I made some bread, some, I made some apple pie, 
What else? And I made a uh, peanut butter pie. That was all the rage at the party. A peanut butter pie. Is it? Is this a soft peanut butter? Like uh, almost like a cheesecake? Sort of, yeah. It's like a poor man's cheesecake. So it's peanut butter, cream cheese, confectioner sugar. Um, and you get all that together, and then you let it harden up. Oh, and whipped cream, a bunch of whipped cream in there too. Um, then you let it harden up, and it's absolutely delicious. You put it in the uh, graham cracker crust. <laughs> oh, wait, I was about to say something about $2 bake. Mike, can you go back um, a, a few days and, and explain uh, what you had to do for cookie a couple days ago? Oh, I, I was trying to walk. Get it? Walk cookie through seasoning a walk that he had bought at TJ Maxx. Um, <clears throat> carbon still can be a little finicky. It's it's a little more forgiving than cast iron. I feel like, um, so you, you'll get it, at cookie. It's a, it, it's the walks are tough to use on electric ranges anyway. Um, yeah, cookie. You you said that. that the the coating melted off. No, um, no, I was, what I was talking about was the, uh, you know how it comes with the, whatever that shit is, that's lacquer, I think is what it's called. Yeah, you gotta wash that off, On top of it. That you have to wash that off with soap and water, that's what I told you to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's what I was trying to get at, is that, like, some of the stuff didn't come off, I think, or I didn't clean it correctly on, in some parts. It looked like shit, Cookie, is what it looked like. And now we've got Tolbert here. Tolbert could tell you how bad the seasoning looked. On your walk. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Roast me. Ro- roast me, Tilbert. Man, you, you've got the key is cookie. You have to wipe all the excess oil off after you put it to the heat or else it just gets sticky. And that's that's a, that's a, a key step most people miss. You have to get all the oil off after you heat it up. Yeah, more is not always better. See, I, didn't, I, see, I thought more was better. What were you frying up in your walk? Fried rice. Okay. Yeah. Fried rice is what I was like. Why don't you just go to the Chinese restaurant? I'm sure near your house. Aaron, the food here is terrible. How many times do I have to say that? Is it unseasoned? I do it. It's that it's that much better when I do it. That's all. Everything have raisins in it in Colorado. Everything. (laughs) No, everything has green chili on it here. Really? The green chili is not bad. Aaron, it gave me food poisoning one day. You have a sensitive stomach, Cookie. Well, I mean, hey, it, it did what it did. And the next thing is going to be, it's going to say fuck green chili on the back of my shirt. I won't wear it here because I just put another target on my back. But you know what I mean. I love green chilies. Uh, Mike, anything else this past week? You, you got to go to Durham and, and, and experience a hotel there. What, what was that like? Yeah, so, so we went golfing in Greensboro, and the idea was we didn't want to drive all the way back from Greensboro to Wilmington, which is a three-hour drive after having been in the sun and, you know, drinking a little bit here and there. So we, we pick a hotel room that is cheap and kind of an hour on, into the trip, so in Durham, we're not expecting to go and, you know, check out the nightlife or do anything too, too crazy. But we find this hotel that is next to a red lobster. In <laughs> right. So in our heads, we go, all right, we'll go get dinner at red lobster, head over to the bowling alley, play, play some games, drink some beers, have a good time, get to bed at a reasonable hour. Right. Well, unfortunately the red lobster closes at 10 and we, we did not, after getting to the hotel, checking in and sharing, it was nine 30. We did not want to be those people. So, hey, we'll go straight to the bowling alley. They probably have, they have food there according to their website, all this sort of stuff. 
get to the bowling alley before I can even order anything. The lady behind the, the uh, kitchen area says, no food, no food, no more food. And I said, your fryers are right there. All you have is mozzarella sticks, chicken tenders, and French fries. You cannot just. So she uh, she denied us food. So we haven't eaten anything since two o'clock. Um, meanwhile, she was making herself chicken wings. Um, <laughs> they didn't bitch. have a bar. <laughs> they didn't have a bartender at the bowling alley. So they have a full bar stocked. No bartender, but you can order bottles. So I ordered six beers at one point. Because I'm like, all right, I'm going to get six beers and I'll come back and get more. We bowl. Um, they didn't have my size shoes. So I had to wear 14s, which were actually, uh, I think, game worn uh, basketball shoes because they didn't slide at all. And I ate shit <laughs> on my first class. <laughs> Like, so I, I fucked my thumbs up in that rugby game a couple of weeks ago and they finally been feeling better. I tossed my first toss and I, my shoes just stick. I like fall to the ground, fuck my thumb up again. I think I rolled a gutter ball. Everybody's looking at me because this big motherfucker just ate shit in the bowling alley. And I go back to my seat and I, I just chug a beer because I'm like, all right, this is going to make it better. Um, Did it make it better? How, what, what was your score? Uh, first game, I bowled a 103. Second game, I bowled a 132. Oh, um, okay. So you got better as time went on. Yeah. So, but then we're like, all right, fuck this. Let's just get some beers and play air hockey. Well, it's 10 o'clock and now the bowling alley has stopped serving beer at this point. So there's no red lobster. Now there's no bowling alley entertainment. Let's just go back to the room, get some takeout and we can just drink in the room. There is zero fucking takeout places open in Durham at this point. Damn. Uh, we called several pizza places. At one point, we made it to the customer service line in India for the Pizza Hut. Um, that didn't work out. There's no Chinese restaurants. There's no DoorDash or Grubhub in Durham, apparently. So we're like, all right, fuck it. A mile away is a cookout. Let's go. So we go to the cookout, drive there. The cookout line's crazy, but there's a Wendy's next door. So, all right, we're going to go to the Wendy's. Never go to a as Wendy's. We're, as we're pulling into the Wendy's, Nate goes, Hey man, he's probably going to tell us that he can't give us food. And we get to the window and he go, and of course guy goes, Hey, so we're really short staffed and we can't serve any food right now. So like, fuck this. So we go to Carolina ale house and they said, Hey, it's going to be a long wait. I'm like, we don't care. We just want something to eat. Cause it's 11 o'clock at night. And we haven't eaten since two 30. We go sit at the bar. She said, Hey, I'll be right back. 20 minutes later, she comes back, asks for our drink order. Um, Nate ordered a double. She gave him a single. I ordered a beer. It came back. Anyway, we ordered food. Long story short, it fucking sucked. Everything was working against us. And then we get back to our hotel room and we forgot that it smelled like moldy, musty snatch. Mm. <laughs> and our hotel floor is wet. <laughs> Why is it wet? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Um, what kind of hotel was this? La Quinta. <laughs> oh, it's always the La Quinta. <laughs> and uh, oh, I forgot. In between all of this and the disaster that was, I was starving, so I, I went and got some concierge chips and charged it to the room. Get back to the room, and the bag of the chips was open, and uh, they were stale. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This so is like I, when, when me and Varn go to Durham. We have an awesome time. We yeah, it was food. a yeah, we, have, no, we have a great time. Like, we have like wonderful dinners. Go to shows. If, like, if we were 
if we went with that intention, I think we would have had a great time. We would have picked a different hotel, but we were like, hey, we just want to chill for the night. Red Lobster and Bowling Alley. What what more can a Midwestern fuck ask for? And it was just complete and utter disaster from start to finish. I was say, was apparently that? it was too much to ask for, Mike. Yeah. What was that chicken and waffle place we ate at that was incredible? Oh, man. What, what's it called? Um, I forget, man. It's awesome. Yeah. We it had was chicken so and waffle. good. Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. uh, like when you're I'm reading what you're saying and you're like, Durham is terrible. I'm like, it is not terrible. Durham is great. It was just the running joke of everything that could have any form of mediocrity, like for it to go poorly, not terrible, but just poorly did. Um, And on a side note, it was, it was really, it was just really, really interesting. Um, Nate and I were the only white people everywhere we went. Yeah, that's terrible. It was, it was fun there too. But the, the bartender was great. Well, there you go. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> you missed that earlier, Torrent. Uh, anyways, yes, Cookie. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, I'm just. Oh, you well. gave the finger like you wanted to talk. Tolbert, uh, how has your week been? Um, Man, there's people from. People have invaded our hometown, Barnum, guys. <laughs> Oh, Cookie, you don't live here anymore. But, it's still man, my hometown, damn it. Yeah, there, there's people from all over the fucking place here, man. It was wild last night. But, yeah, just busy, busy weekend. Still taking care of a four-month-old. Baby turned four months old today. So happy happy four months, Ava. <laughs> uh, so I don't get it, man. Like, why, why, like, every month is a celebration? Is that? Yeah, every month you get through Vardom is a celebration. Okay, trust okay. Me. okay. I'm taking <laughs> notes. You'll, I'm taking notes. You'll, you'll know this soon enough. Um but yeah, man, just typical stuff, man. I'm just getting through it. I'm going to a family reunion this weekend. Um, <laughs> I'm on mom's side. It's the Hewitt family reunion. Uh, Varnum, you know some Hewitts. I know a hundred mm-hmm. Hewitts. Where where is the reunion? Uh, it's 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 about 45 minutes outside of Hope Mills, my hometown. So why would they have a Hewitt family reunion there when they could have because one in Brunswick County? Everyone everyone moved to Cumberland County. Well, um, I don't understand that. The There's no like, like industry in Cumberland County as opposed to Brunswick. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like um, a lot of them are military stuff like that, and so they ended up there. You know, we still have some Hewitt cousins in in Chalot because we have the Gore family reunion as well. Which that's my uh, family. For the listeners who don't know, like Barnum and I are loosely related somewhere down the line, probably. Yeah, we definitely. Are. I mean, like that's <laughs> probably like my sixth cousin, seven times removed, or something like that. Um, there's only yeah. there's only Gore's Hewitts and Barnums in Brunswick County, right? Basically. Yeah. And that's all my mom's side of the family. So having the Hewitt family reunion, it's on a it's on a hunting farm in the middle of nowhere. It's on like <laughs> it's on like a hundred acres of land. It's a it's not an actual farm, you know. It's where you know it's like a hunting lodge and stuff. And over the years, we've always had the reunions here. I haven't been since I was probably about seventeen years old. Um, but you know, with the baby and all, my mom wants to show off the grandchild. So I'm taking my wonderful wife to the Hewitt family reunion. She's going to meet all the cousins she's never met before. I didn't even know family reunions were still a thing. Yeah, they are. They are apparently, you know, I, I think it's a dying thing, but you know, all the, all the older cousins and aunts and uncles keep it, keep it going. So I'm going to see some family I haven't seen in a long time this weekend, but besides that, just working on the grind. Summertime has officially hit Wilmington. I'm convinced. Motherfuckers everywhere. Has, yeah. I, what is Katie's um, outlook on having to go to a family reunion on a hunting farm in Cumberland County? 
Well, it's actually uh, what's the county outside of Cumberland County? It's even further removed from Cumberland County. Is uh, it where we did uh, the the quarantine? Not too far from it, honestly. Oh my god! Yeah, not too far from it. Um, she's stoked. She, yeah, she's always down. She's adventure. stoked. The, well, the the potluck is always good, man. I'm oh yeah, the what, food's man. gonna be good. The food's always but the good. conversation is gonna be terrible. No, not not so much. I got some of my younger cousins that are our age. That I haven't seen her in a while, and you know they all have you know, spouses and kids now. So it'll be cool. So I'll just drink bourbon and smoke cigars with my uncles. Well, that's at least you've got that. Yeah. At least I've got that, but yeah, just wrap up. We just had the uh, lunch at Savoy's or excuse me, brunch at Savoy's. That's why I'm late. We thought we could uh, squeak in a brunch date real quick before uh, we recorded, but uh, sorry for being a little late boys. The waitress was pretty shitty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we went to the getaway. It's uh, in river lights. That's our new place is going to river lights and, and going to check out places there. The getaway it's uh Southerly biscuits. Oh, it? Southerly is amazing. So we, I had a big old uh, sausage, egg and cheese biscuit and Jasmine had an avocado toast. I always go for the chicken biscuit, the Southern chicken biscuits where it's at. Uh, Tolbert, anything else this week? Any crazy stories of the bar? Man, just people acting crazy in, in general, dude. Like, I can't really pick out any specifics, but I, I've had to ask people to leave. I've had people that are have been overserved other places, people that, uh, you know, they're out. And you get in downtown Wilmington in the warm weather and you start walking around. It's easy to do. We've all done it. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I did have the most interesting story last night. I had these three people come to the bar with a, an open tall boy from outside premise. And they had pulled up in front of the bar parked like at an angle, like halfway <laughs> in the street. Homegirl gets out of the driver's side with the tall boy and they stumble into the bar. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. It's going to be a no for me, dog. And they're like, why not? Why, why won't you service? I'm like, you got out of the car with a tall boy and walked in the bar with it. So I was like, you were literally a walking liability. Okay, then. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. This like general stuff like that, you know, public, public wiling out, you know, you know how people get when they're in that vacation mode. Yes, Cookie. Tobert, are you ready to serve a bunch of rugby players next year or next? Sorry, next week. Next year? Yeah. Why, why y'all coming in town? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. always interesting when uh, when the rugby team hits the doors. Uh, I always have mixed emotions about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to like, I love them, but I hate them. I hate them and, so much. And everyone knows that I'm friends with them. So when they start to get rowdy, everyone just looks at me and I'm just like, hey. Get I'm... your friends. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> talked to him in years. I was like, I don't know half of them. <laughs> And then you're like, I, I'm sorry that I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> I used to be a piece of shit. Send him to Chikorinos or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> guys, this week I wanted to punish each and every one of you. Uh, you don't hear my voice enough. Uh, this week on uh, Dynamite, upcoming this week, and I found out, I'm thinking about it, right? I'm not going to be able to watch it live. So you guys cannot... Ooh. Spoil anything about I can't this. Watch it live. But where are you going to be? Wednesday night, I'm going to see Kurt Vile and the Violators. Okay. At Saxophone Hall River Ballroom. Oh, dude. I'm going to have to get you to go to the butcher shop for me next door, dude. Oh. Okay. Well, so on Wednesday night, I'm going to see Kurt Vile. Thursday night, I'm going to see Nine Inch Nails at Red Hat Amphitheater. 
So right. it is a two day tour of two of my favorite bands. I'm very excited. Um, but I am not going to be able to see Dash Wilder and wait, no, it's no, Cash, no, no. Cash, 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 Wild, Cash against uh, Dax Harwood live. What are you giving that look, Mike? Isn't it Cash Wheeler? Cash Wheeler. Wheeler. Dash Wilder was his, it was his, his old name. Fucking idiot. Formerly. <laughs> Formerly. FKA. His uh, NXT name. name. Sorry, yes. guys. <laughs> I, I have known these people of so many different names that I, I, it's going to be so confusing. So this week, um, I tortured each and every one of you and made you watch an episode of my old TV show, Midnight Mayhem, because they wrestled on that show all the time. Each one of you either got a Casey McKnight or a Stephen the Fever Walters match. Oh I'm so God. excited to talk about it. Um, yeah. I, I cannot tell you how much I cringed while watching each episode and said, oh, my God, I hate that commentator. And that commentator is me. Yeah, you've really gained some weight since then, buddy. Oh, my God, I have. I know I have. I'm just kidding. Not, just kidding. Don't, don't. I have. I, I used to be a skinny little uh, lad, and, and then things kind of happened, you know? And I'm watching the videos. You guys got to understand, for a lot of those, it was just me filming. I had a, I had a camera on uh, a tripod, and I had me running around the ring. Trust me, Trust me Varner, we can tell. Yeah, uh, we, it, it was bad. 100% can tell. <laughs> And these are early episodes, too. So, like, I got better eventually. And, like, you know, I kind of figured out how to do video production and all that stuff. But this was, like, I just got out of college. I started this show with, with uh, David. And then we put together this show. I had nobody to, to give me pointers. I just kind of learned as I went. And it was terrible. On mics, I watched after the second commercial break. My audio track got out of sync and I was calling moves before they <laughs> happened. It was terrible. I'm glad you called yourself out because I was going to call you out. On oh, I was it watching is. it and I'm like, oh my God, my audio got out of sync. And it was like a second before everything happened. I'd be like, oh man, one, two, three. Oh, and then nobody's getting pinned. And then a second later, somebody's getting pinned. It was bad. Ooh. Aaron, I have one question for you. Who yes. is Chastity Taylor? Chastity, uh, she worked for uh, CWF in Greensboro. She wrestled a little bit for PWX. She went to UNCW. She uh, was kind of friends with all of us, but she a pretty decent little interview. Uh, she's cute and, and was, was good. She cute as hell. All right, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, however, though, <laughs> Tolbert has some of my favorite interviews ever uh, on, on his episode. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. Maybe the greatest uh, interview of a, a group of men I ever did on that show. Let's talk about some Midnight Mayhem. For the first matchup of, of the evening, I wanted to give a matchup of, of a couple of people that are familiar to the, uh, the the audience. We've got Casey McKnight against one Zane Dawson. All right, that is correct. This is episode 55 of Midnight Mayhem. Coming in 
at you from a fire hall somewhere in the Carolinas. That is the Civvy Town Fire Department. And I and when I say that this is the Civvy Town Fire Department, they literally, before the matches started, would pull the fire trucks out of the bays and put those uh, uh, stands in. And, and you know this because there are hoses all along the wall. <laughs> the doors are very large. Tried to figure it out. Anyway, episode 55, Casey McKnight opens up talking about how he has been battling Zane Dawson up and down the coast um, for the championship belt that he currently holds. Casey McKnight is on his way to Tampa because he will be joining WWE, and his goal is to maintain and keep that title until he leaves. Zane has been chasing him up and down, but I think they've had multiple matches, probably dozens, I would assume. Um, in the Carolinas, Zane's not having any of it. He's ready to, he's ready to get after. It. He actually steals the microphone in a classic heel fashion from our uh, what was her name? Chastity, Chastity Taylor. Yeah, to Cookie knows. Um, <laughs> and it and, and cuts a promo. Uh, opens the match. I mean, he comes right in with this massive lariat, uh, and that was that was that was there to set the intensity. Zane Zane bashes Casey quick. I think he's learned over his time battling Casey McKnight, what he needs to do and how he needs to do it in order to slay the beast that is the champ. Um, and it just becomes a, a classic. I mean, we have the ambiance of the fire hall. We have the ambiance of the 63 people that are in attendance. That's um, that's very generous. And uh, and it's, I want to say, let's, let's talk about the attendees. Very eclectic group. Um, you've got a man in jeans, button up and cowboy hat. You've got three nice looking women um, in like sundresses can, sitting with their legs crossed ringside. Can, can I, let me give you a little bit of history of this show. The man in the cowboy hat, his name was Harold Britt, right? Harold Britt legally blind from our show. I met him at the the arena, if you will call it that, that we'll talk about in a little bit with Tolbert's match, Harold Britt legally blind would put on these, these goggles. They look like the ghostbuster, like night vision goggles that, that you could buy as a kid. And he would wear those to watch the matches. He fell in love with a girl named Cheryl, the bigger girl that's sitting beside him uh, ringside. And I, they became the wonderful item. Cheryl. And uh, we will, I will say that she is also filming these. So I don't know if you want to get your copyright material from I should, her. I should. Yeah. Um, but we've also got other grandmas. We've got children and we've got what looks to be about four men standing outside the bay doors doing a safety inspection. Oh, uh, no, it was definitely cigarettes. They, there was no marijuana. <laughs> um, and anyway, so while all this is going on, we are just getting just a, a brutal Brutal back and forth between Casey and Zane. Um, Casey is targeting Zane's arm, like our really witty and educated commentator tells us. Without that arm, he will not be able to hit that lariat again. And so, um, you know, it's just something we need to be aware of. Um, Casey actually takes Zane to Suplex City, man. Uh, got him, I think, with three bangers in a row. Um, at one point, Zane tries to get Casey up on the on the corner post and, and do some kind of 
set up for a top rope. And we know, hey, boys, this is Southern wrestling. You don't get on the top rope. You no. don't do anything. Um, it does not pay off for Zane. Casey, uh, you know, as you later see Scott Dawson and now Dax Harwood is, is a master of um, kind of reversals in, in that that kind of holds and positions and and that sort of stuff. And, and he gets Zane twisted up a little bit. He gets him in a rear naked choke a couple times. Um, makes its way outside the ring for a little bit. Um, I was hoping to see something with like a chair or a piece of pizza or a prosthetic leg. Didn't quite get that. Those are other episodes. <laughs> um, but you know, you do get some cringeworthy or cringing, uh, like, like apprehension from the fans. Cause these are two, you know, behemoths of men fighting it out. Um, anyway, we get back in the ring. Uh, Casey looks like he's clearly going to be choking Zane out. Zane's, kind of gasping for his last breaths. He manages to throw his whole weight into Casey McKnight, slam him into the ring post, spring him out, hits him with the lariat. One, two, three. Zane Dawson, to the chagrin of everybody, and confused Aaron Varnum, who <laughs> did not know this was going to happen after pre-taping this, videotaping it, and <laughs> on top of it did not know that Zane Dawson was going to go over Casey McKnight. Um, he had to take some time to figure things out. Yeah, like, it was uh, it was a different like time said, in my life. We, uh, we did find out that he did pin him before we saw that he pinned him. Um, so it was pretty impressive feat by Aaron, the telepath. Aaron yeah, Aaron. so it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, just the match was good. Yeah, it was the good. filming was it. okay. The lighting yeah. there is terrible. The crowd not as into it as I would hope. Um, not as loud as you would expect. I was hoping for some more shrieking grandmothers instead of the nasally announcer voice that is Aaron Varnum. Dude, my voice has, it was so your nasally. Voice, your announcer voice is better now. I think you were overdoing. Oh yeah, definitely. The, uh, the, the Brockmire there for a little bit. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, like, like, Looking back at at the show, you know, obviously this is something I started in 2009, right? I, I started doing this show in 2009. I just got out of college. This was like the first thing I'd ever done. You know, like I, I was going out and editing newscasts, but I was going out and filming this and producing this all on my own. So it was kind of learning on the job, right? And, and I wasn't getting paid for this show. I wasn't doing anything. It was just kind of a passion project, right? And later it evolves into a much better show because I kind of understand, like I didn't, one of the things, I didn't understand a mix of audio. So like you hear me very loud, but I turned down the crowd very quiet. Yeah, the other thing I didn't understand is clearly this is the video that you sent to CW so that they can overlay commercials. It's a YouTube video. Why the fuck didn't you just cut out the, the black screen that was on? <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mike. Screw all y'all. Wait a minute. Because it was Two so seconds. much easier. No, just like you don't understand. Video. I was editing this on my laptop computer. I didn't have space. I just, I just put you it. You can literally I, do that from your phone nowadays. Well, now I can. This was what? What year was this? This <laughs> was 2011. Yeah. 2007, you could do that with Windows Movie Maker. Okay. All right. Anyways, final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. No, follow us at number two dollar steak underscore on Instagram and Twitter. 
for all our fun, witty banters. We did post the Photoshop of Bret Hart um, confusingly looking at Bong. Everyone hear Bongs? <laughs> bong Man. We talked about that last week. Um, <laughs> no, we didn't have a show last week. Or, yeah, two weeks ago. Either way, um, check that out. It's fun. Everything's a, a bong. Because Weird Bongs retweeted it. He loved it, apparently. He did. Uh, and 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 before we go any further, Tolbert, real quick. Speaking of bongs, how was your 420? We didn't get to talk to you about Man, it. Un, uneventful. I'm a oh. father now. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a working dad. So you know, I had to watch the baby all day because Katie was working. You can't um, get high for that. No, <laughs> babies babies don't like it. <laughs> Why does dad smell funny? Yeah, so I had to uh, just like the Method Man 421 album. It was the day after. Love that, Tolbert. <laughs> so Thursday I was off um, and had a great time. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> All right, for the strong style, uh, Cookie, you have got, hold on, I got to see what the other guy's name is. You have got Stephen the Fever Walters and Ryan Edmonds. Uh, this is in Columbia, South Carolina, I believe. I think you're right. Uh, hold on, Aaron. I'm uh, just moving my video over. Sorry, I had to get my notes out. I was stuck on Mike's match and watching this kid in the front row dressed up as a, uh, a Redskins uh, offensive lineman. He looked like he, was, he, he just got done with Pee Wee League. Dude, he was wearing all the pads and everything. That's the Washington Commanders. Okay, that's an. Oh yeah, you're right. I apologize. Excuse no, me. No, but this is this is 2011. It was still the Redskins. True, true. This is before all the allegations. Well, that's right. Or that's during. Right. Um, anyway, all right. First off, who booked this crap? <laughs> not me. It was I didn't. Oh. I did not. I just filmed it. Oh, damn. I was going to say, we all know it was Aaron Barnum, but never mind. Okay. No, I just filmed it. See, that was that was the beauty of Midnight Mayhem. I would find out where the um, the shows were around, right? And if they had had two to three of the guys that I used on the show, I would be able to go in, film it, and, and, and add like a little bit of storyline to it and be like, yeah, 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 this is going to be televised. And the guy's like, yeah, man, we can book it like that. This guy. Oh, Aaron. You got to do what you got to do. I was a carny. I get it. I get it. Um, first off, I was completely shook when I first saw Cash Wheeler. Yes. Because I did not know the Cash was on your show. I was like, is that who I think it is? And how tiny he is. He was t- so small. I was like, no way. And But the name, Aaron. The name? Steven? Steve, uh, well, Steven Walters is the is the full name here. Let's talk about the whole thing. The fever. Steven the fever Walters. Uh-huh. Did you help out with that at all? Or no, you... that was that was all him. Okay. All right. I really <laughs> thought Cash I thought Cash was a product of the WWE system. So I was very shocked when I saw him. Did they, no, did they no. talk at all hang out a lot? Dave and Cash? So and and I talked about it in the commentary a little bit of your match. But so Steven or or Cash. Cash was kind of like David where he he went around, had had matches at different places all around the Carolinas. Um, I had filmed him a couple times before, but this once David got signed to Tampa and went to Tampa, his tryout match was with Steven Walters. 
Mm. And um, David says, hey, man, if you ever get a chance to film him, he's awesome. I think this guy's going to get signed eventually. Right now, um, he like after after his tryout match, Cash was not signed immediately. David was signed immediately. Cash was not. Cash went to, per instructions of William Regal, to go wrestle in England for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he wrestled in, in the UK, did a stint there, did a little bit of a stint in Japan. And once he got done there, he came back to America a little bit. And then uh, Regal thought that he was seasoned enough, sent him a contract and he got signed. So originally they were not signed together in WWE. Good to know. Good to know. Well, we got the young cash and we got a young Aaron Varnum on the stick with intern Keith. Yeah. So intern Keith was my roommate. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Is that why he didn't? Uh, apparently, he didn't get enough hours during the year, so he had to take some summer courses. Uh, yeah, we'll notoriously, my show had a running cast of color commentators. Uh, originally, I had this guy named Miles Langley, played by Mola Langi, who is now CBS uh, News anchor. The the big national every weeknight Saturday, uh, every weeknight at six thirty, he does a piece for CBS News. Right? Yeah. Then I had Brock Knox. Brock Knox was another reporter that worked for the TV station that I worked for. Brock Knox uh, is a, he teaches video production now in uh, New Orleans. Really good friend of mine. And since these guys were all reporters on our channel, we had to give them stage names and I would make them wear lucha masks, right? Like they would have to do interviews in lucha masks. Like nobody could see that this was Mola Lange or Ryan Nakan uh, doing these interviews because my news director would be pissed and there goes journalistic integrity, you know, like this guy's doing yeah. a professional wrestling show. Um, so when they both left, because, you know, working in news is a very transient sort of job. They got contracts other places when they left. I was stuck and I'm like, all right, well, my roommate likes wrestling so he can do this with me. So my roommate, who was an intern at the TV station at the time, became intern Keith. And did he also have to wear a lucha mask as well? No, no, Keith could be seen because he was not on TV. He oh, was he was behind the scenes. I got you. I was gonna say, Aaron, your uh, your opening credits—they're not Chef's Kiss, but they're okay. It was it. It was like the hardcore song and like yes. Zane and David. Did you do bleeding. the ECW. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Later, I replaced those. I updated them, right? So I updated those credits, and and when as the show got better throughout the years, right? So this is the first two years. All of these matches come within the first two years. Why it's a little different, right? The last three years, I think, are a lot better episodes. But I had these credits. There was this famous speech. You guys know who Robert Byrd is? He was the famous KKK, former KKK member. He was a senator for West Virginia. He has this famous speech about things being barbaric. And he's like, these two men are barbaric and starts yelling that. I intercut that with a bunch of clips as a joke. And it became like a really fun intro for the show. But I do think that first intro was really, really, really good. It, w- it was uh, Lucha Mast, uh, someone going through a table, the shitty cage that you guys had. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, David. That was the first time David ever bled in professional wrestling. Wow. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, 
uh, to go on, boys, we got Stephen Fever Walters. And don't you know, eh? Simply the best, Ryan Edmonds. Yes. Let's go ahead. And I would say he kind of he's a hoss. He looks like Norton. He did. He kind of looked like a, a little bit of a powerhouse. He he was doing a good. He we'll get to it. Go to the count though. Cookies top four number one. Number one. We don't know what type of fever Stephen Walters has. I, is it scarlet? Is it yellow? Is it typhoid? I don't know. It's still a mystery. <laughs> number two. <laughs> That's number one. That was it. That was number one. <laughs> Uh, what I do know is that Stephen Walters had some giddy up. There was a point in the match where uh, Chase Edmonds uh, goes for an elbow. He misses. Walters just goes move after move. He hits like a jawbreaker, a drop kick, stinger splash, and hits a lion salt. Stephen Walters flipped, man. He didn't I, use his fist. I know. That, that the irony of uh, the, the no flips, just fist is that's all Stephen used to do was flips. <laughs> I'm starting to see. He was a, he was a good uh, an athlete, like a good athlete. Yeah, he and, and I still think that like, you know, now he's gotten a little bit bigger, a little bit. He's he slowed down his pace. He's figured out kind of like what makes it and everything. It's, it's a different style out of Stephen Walters. Absolutely. He does that like you can see it though. He does that like tornado DDT thing like outside the ring a lot. Um, yes. He also yeah. Did the, yeah. Uh, he's still he's still got, the, you know, the, the, the athleticism. Yeah. Young Bucks FTR one he, at the finish. He hit, he hit that flip, too. True. That's right. Oh, and yeah, that's what lost it. Board. That's what lost. Yep, exactly. Um, Aaron, so these two used to be a tag team. I do not know. I I, I don't think they were. I don't know. We're, okay, just a horse. So uh, Ryan Edmonds was just a horse. Yeah, he was just a horse. Okay. Number three. Uh, so this wasn't a uh, twenty-six Broadway like the video would suggest. The no, there was two though, two matches that episode. It's a thirty-minute show. I saw the second episode, Aaron. I just want you to know, I, I watched a little bit of the second as well. But anyway. The second match had Caleb Conley, who's in TNA Impact. He was? Yeah, he, he was the guy, uh, his name was just Caleb or whatever. Or Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I didn't know that. Yeah, we'll he's in Impact that. right now. Oh, shit. Okay. Anyway, uh, the fever, though, at this point in the match was at least 102 degrees. Yeah. As our commentator, Aaron, would like to tell you. Yeah. And Brian Edmonds felt that heat, Aaron. And surely when Walters counted his finisher and put him in that cross-face submission, which is uh, vintage Stephen Walters, apparently, Edmonds tapped out for his dear life because he knew it was over here. Number four. Caleb Conley. We're going on to the second match. Are, are you actually, you watched the second match and you're, you're making, okay. Caleb Conley, the Equate brand version of Seth Rollins. Yeah, it, 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 you know, at this time, it was a different time. It was a different time. What was up with the blonde, Aaron? What was up? What was going on in the hair? The hair he was kind of like a, uh, he was a scene kid. He was really into it. He was a big juggalo and then became the- a wrestler. Uh, then that's Caleb Conley. Okay, well, that's Caleb Conley. I'm going to have to look up uh, intern Keith. And check up on him because it seems like he also suffered from one bully known as Aaron Varnum. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, I used to be a piece of shit. A little bit, a little bit, Aaron. At one point, you mock his stutter and you say, finally, intern Keith talks. You're a big meanie, Aaron. I was. You're a big meanie. You said, a duh, a duh, a duh, a duh. I guess. I don't know, man. I was learning as a, I, like I had watched wrestling all my life and I didn't really know how to do commentating. And I'm like, I can do commentating. I just wanted to, I guess you were the color guy. So like 
intern Keith should have been the, the heel commentator. I, I, I intern Keith was just there so I could have a breath. And, and I will tell you for Mike's match, I had no breaths in between any of the comments. It was just, a, a, I didn't understand what a pregnant pause was. Right there. Pregnant pause. There we go. Honorable mentions real quick, guys. I just want to know who was that one guy that was hunched over at ringside with the camera. Oh, that, Aaron, was that you? Yeah, that was me. Okay, posture, Aaron, you're zero out of ten. It's terrible. I'm, it's still bad. My posture is still bad. Aaron, we got to work on that, man. We got to work on it. But camera quality, it was priceless. Just so you know, I'm I'm not a bad uh, time uh, like videographer when it comes to close-ups. Not at all, not at all, Aaron. But what you did do that was a great job was the SNES references, mm-hmm. comic book references, Chef's Kiss, Narcissus Prince from Super Punch Out. That's right. There you go. There you go. That's and, that's that's it. And, Mike, and this, did you have a, a, a comment on my camera work? I just appreciate the fact that there's no zoom ins and zoom outs. No quick cuts. No quick cuts. Thank God there were no quick cuts. It, no it was very cuts. refreshing. I will say, and listen, this, this, this is an indie show. You got to think, 2009, not a lot of indie shows were on television, right? Did not have, and, and I felt that it was, it was good for what it was at the time, and the wrestling was a lot better than I could have. This, this isn't, you know, Jeff Hart matches. You know, I was putting on, I, I had a bunch of future WWE and future AEW, TNA wrestling guys, it, so that was kind of cool. Um, but it was also, it was all me all the time and annoying. But now, now your shitty little wrestling show has a definite place in history, man. It does. And it does. And then thinking about that makes it really cool. You know, like yeah. I had a match between Cedric Alexander and Jay Lethal, right? Like that was a match on my show. I had Hangman Adam Page on my show. I had all of these people that have ended up being something, you know, now yeah, that I didn't think back then. Like I always, I always had this when, when I, when I first met Casey and, and got to see his matches, I'm like, this guy's really good. Like this guy's got something. And then now, like as these other wrestling fans are starting to kind of appreciate some of the stuff that they do and some of the psychology they, that they do, it's really cool to know that I saw this in these people beforehand. Hey man, you, you really put together something special, honestly, I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> I don't but know if like, it's special, maybe special needs, but like, well, Brian Edmonds, maybe, but Steven Walters, hell of a worker. I'm just kidding. Brian Edmonds, wherever you are, you did a good job as well. Hoss, hundred percent. Hoss. Hoss, straight up, straight up Hoss. Uh, and uh, Aaron should have booked you to win if we're being honest, but I didn't book. I, I, I wasn't booked. Right. You don't book. You don't book. You don't book. Aaron, this gets three and a half cookies. Solid match. Solid match for wherever we were, whatever fire station, armory, wherever the hell we were. Columbia, Period. South Carolina. It was right outside of Columbia. It might have been Irmo, South Carolina. Mm. Mm. Okay. I can tell by the crowd. Very eclectic crowd, much like Mike's match. Yes. Yes. Speaking of crowds, we get to talk about my, one of my favorite crowds coming up next. All right, for the final matchup of the evening, uh, Tolbert, you have got 
maybe my favorite feud of my entire time in Midnight Mayhem. You have got Casey McKnight against Ali Steele at the Lumberton, the Lumberton, it was like some random like Gold's Gym in Lumberton that had a big room. I was wondering, I was trying to figure out where this is at because it didn't look like Wilmington, it didn't look like, uh, you know, anywhere in Burgall or anything or, or Leland. So yeah, I was like, oh, where, where is this at? It looks like actually like, like a nice room. Yeah, <laughs> it's Lumberton. Yeah. Well, uh, you start off with a promo, we see a young felt Aaron Vardom. Uh, looked like uh, he just spent a long night at Wet Willies out on the strip. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that was that uh, time of my life. Yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, very, very young Varnum. It's awesome. And a very young Casey McKnight looking like he just dropped some dope tracks at uh, City Limits and beat mm-hmm. some ass. Um, <laughs> prime, prime Wilmington times for all. But yes, he's starting off with a promo. He is taking on Mr. Uh, Ali Steele. Apparently, they've had this feud going on for a while, and we're right in the midst of it. And I guess just last week, Ali pinned him, but it was under uh, some false pretenses. It was a little sketchy. Um, KC, you know, he's, uh, I guess, did he always play the baby face at this time? Like, kind of like local hometown hero? Because that's the kind so of vibe he's got, you know? When we first started the show, he was a heel, and he was like a fun heel Um he actually had a run with Dennis Condry, one half of the, the Midnight Express. We, we had some stuff where they called themselves the new Midnight Express, right? And he was yeah. a heel. It was fun. And um, this was, we kind of rebranded a little bit and it became more of a baby face for KC. Yeah. So this is like, you know, he's a, he's a young spell. I'm going to, he kind of has the vibe. I'm going to give it my all. I'm a hard worker kind of vibe. And that's, that's what he says in the promo. He's like, Hey, the alley still is 350 pounds. He's a big guy. I can't guarantee I'm going to beat him, but I'm going to give it my damnness. He cheated last time. I know what to watch out for. What does he say? Let's have a rock and roll. Yeah. (laughs) Good time or something. I'm like, yes, yes, let's do. All right, so cut to the second promo with Ali Steele and his entourage. Aaron kind of looks like that uh, Piper Perry beam standing. In- oh my god, that's great! One white guy and the one white girl are surrounded by the big black man. So uh, you know, Varb's obviously nervous. He's played it up and uh, interviewing them, and uh, Ali doesn't really get a word in. His entourage, uh, Michael Devine, Michael Devine. He's got the he's got those uh, those very real looking Versace sunglasses on. And you know he, who he sounds like? He sounds like uh, what's his name, uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy. He does, dude, and he's he's really good at cutting promos. It was an amazing promo, <laughs> um, Mister um, Mister Announcer. So he, he started off. Uh, Aaron's like you know addresses Ali still and says you know mentions the controversy around his last win which when uh, Divine grabs the mic says, Mr. Ring announcer, Mr. Ring announcer, man, what the hell are you talking about? And kind of takes over the interview. You see Aaron, the young Aaron kind of cowering, being afraid of these guys. He's got his hand around the mic. At one point, Barnum goes, can I, uh, can I have my hand back? (laughs) (laughs) He's showing it right now. Barnum goes, uh, he goes, no. He snatches the mic away from you and just kind of takes over. And he says, Casey McKnight is not a diamond. He calls himself a diamond. He's a cubic zirconium. <laughs> Ali still is a black diamond. Uh, it cuts to the match. So we get um, Casey coming out. He's a, uh, you can tell he's dropped some weight. You know, he's still very, very fit. But at this point, man, he was thick. He kind of looks like a, 
you know, old school Ric Flair at this yeah. point, like his body type, uh, but big boy himself in his own right. Uh, Ali comes out with his entourage. You can tell right off the bat, this is going to be uh, a very uneven match. This is not going to be a fair match. You just get that vibe right off the bat. Uh, but Casey kicks right in with some brutal clotheslines. Um, this match is very entertaining. Like all the moves are crisp and like powerful and there was not one moment in this match. I was like, oh, that's a botch. Or like, yeah, I could have been a little tighter. It was like some top-notch stuff, dude. Let me tell you, man. Ali Steele, one of the most underrated independent workers, his punches are incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, it was insane. And they call him the knockout. I guess that's his finishing move. He's yeah, he would knock people guy. out. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we're getting into it, man. Just some classic just power wrestling. Um and halfway through, Ali realizes, dude, that uh, Casey's bringing the heat. I don't think he's going to be able to get over on him again. And that's when his partners start interfering. And at one point, we get a loaded fist. We get some brass knuckles that enter the ring. Casey is wise to this, though. He knows some tricks are coming, and he ducks it. We get this beautiful drop kick where he drop kicks Ali still and knocks his uh, his partners off the ring all at the same time, all the while while he's avoiding the brass knuckles. Eventually, though, they do get the upper hand and they just bum rush them. Uh, they're, they're holding them up. They're hitting them with the loaded fist, man. They're just pounding them. The bell rings. Disqualification. Uh, there's not a clean finish. Uh, but we do have some boys run to his rescue from the locker room. Mr. Charlie Dreamer. That's right. Uh, and and I Sean Cruz. Sean Cruz. Yes. They come to his rescue, clear the ring and help their good buddy out. Uh and I'm sure y'all hit the strip afterwards, man. Went and got yeah, some, some Yeah, man. We, we, went to the, <laughs> we went to the Red Lobster. and <laughs> Yeah, just a night out, night out in Lumberton. Picking up all them lumpy women. And it was, it was a, a treat. But a great match, man. I have to say, man, if I was a, a young gun watching late night TV in Myrtle Beach and I saw your promo come on air and I'd be like, hell yeah, man, I'm watching this. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people did. It, it was... It, it, we we aired it Saturday nights at midnight. So we knew we were either going to get, you know, like kids sitting up late at night or drunk people. And I used to have my email address like associated with it. And like drunk people would email me all the time and be like, this show is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're an asshole. <laughs> it was probably intern Keith. <laughs> yeah, it probably was after I, I, I verbally berate him. I, I will say the commentary on your match is one of my favorites because Brock Knox and I had a really fun. I was about to thing. ask who's the guy with the, the deeper voice, like the color yeah, guys. Entertaining. Y'all did a really good job on the commentary. Good crowd. Uh, it was good stuff. Thank you. And, and your time for your haiku. All right. KC wants revenge. Aaron with the baby face. Ali lays a steal. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was I, I going into this episode. I was very cringing, like it was going to be just y'all talking shit about me for an hour. <laughs> well, you actually gave us good matches. Yeah, yeah they were fine. They were they were fun. So you, you got to see some of the the old school. You know, when I talk about FTR and how much I love them, it's because I was able to build this relationship with these guys back in the day, and and, and still, you know, like I'm, I, I was. I FaceTimed with David this week to, because it was his daughter's birthday. And he, you know, he starts it off by giving me the finger and then, you know, we talk <laughs> and it, it, it's fun to be able to, to see friends of yours go on to bigger and better things and be able to be 
some of the most successful professional wrestlers in the business right now. Thank you for listening to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. What are, we might have the the dreaded Laparka episode next week. <laughs> we've, been, we've been dancing around that for like a month now. Yeah. And for the dancer <laughs> himself, it's either that or a Brian Edmonds episode. Or Brian Edmonds. <laughs> we'll have a Brian Edmonds episode. For reference, you do have a Laparka dance like no one's watching uh, a piece of art in your yes. living room. Yeah. Yeah, I love Lopark. I really do. <laughs> I do too. And, it's, and the episode's not going to be bad. I just don't it's know not. why I've pushed it off so much. Like, it's going to be a full-on high spot episode. episode. Next. <laughs> so next week, I, I will warn you guys that I'm going to be having some stories because Father and I are going to be putting together the, uh, oh, no. the countertops next week. It's going to be a stressful weekend for Aaron. Uh, pray for me. Aaron, what type of countertops are you putting in? Uh, it, it's like hardwood butcher block. Ooh, okay. And you've got some you got some tight corners in that kitchen, dog. Yeah. I, would, I would say it's not a lot of countertop to put down, but the, the space you're putting the countertops yeah. in is going to be the issue. Right. Uh, as your dad measured to make sure or to confirm that your kitchen is actually, in fact, not square. <laughs> He's measured a... Uh, you you got to understand, Howard Barnum measures 15 times cuts once. I'm just telling you, because your house is probably not square. It, it, it's an interesting, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, thing that we're going to have to do. So pray for us. Pray for Jasmine. Pray for Terry, who dad's going to be like, get this damn cat out of here. <laughs> like every five minutes. It, it's I pray for Howard. Howard's going to have to deal with some incompetent and inept assistance so yeah i i had to call brooks to help me brooks might come in and help me uh set up the sink and the uh the fountain or the uh the the faucet and stuff so it's very easy to run just work from the top down yeah sinks sinks and faucets are easy okay i i trust you howard mm-hmm. varnum does not undermount? trust me are you doing undermount or are you doing yes undermount yes well, maybe after this project, it finally won't be such a disappointment. But I don't know. If you invite Brooks over, that's a lot of contrast. And he's going to be like, you know, why can't you be more like Brooks? Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Thank you for listening to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. We will talk to you all next week.